Welcome to Be On The Shop Floor podcast. My name is Ange, an original career retailer. I am your host and here to help you unlock the secret universe of retail career success, starting right here on the shop floor and beyond. We are all about championing career pathways from retail through to head office, advocating for the amazing talent in the industry and shining a light on opportunities in the retail industry. Because with a global net worth of US $24 trillion, the retail industry is a thriving one that deserves our attention and all of the accolades. I am a fashion and luxury recruitment expert and career coach who is on a mission to encourage all retailers to wave that flag high and proud. Join us as we chat all things recruitment and career and interview some of the most aspirational talent in the industry. Hello there and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Shop Floor podcast. Today is one of those amazing podcast guests. I actually did work with our, our lovely guest, uh, maybe, oh gosh, how long ago? It was quite some time ago now, maybe around about so six years ago um, when I first moved to Sydney after relocating from the UK. Uh, Simone is uh, at Ralph Lauren currently and she has this amazing background in learning and development and training manager roles. Um, She's been with Ralph Lauren for just over six years. She's currently the senior talent development and employee communications manager and has sort of worked her way up through the ranks from learning and development manager for Oceana to senior manager of learning and development and engagement at Ralph Lauren. Um, She previously was training manager at Swarovski for four and a half years. And she fills us in on her journey, how she started studying a Bachelor of Communications, realized towards the end of it that that is absolutely not what she wanted to do, uh, and then decided to pivot and find her purpose. Simone is one of those amazingly talented people. She's so easy to talk to, so personable. You can see how she's ended up in learning and development roles. Um, Of course, as you can hear, I'm a huge fan of Simone's. I hope you enjoy the podcast. As always, please let us know your thoughts afterwards um, and, you know, what you took away from this podcast because Simone shares a lot around some of her insights and learning and development, um, you know, the current industry uh, and things that have helped her progress in her career as well. So let's start off then. Tell Alison a little bit about you, what you're doing at the moment and where you're working. So at the moment, I'm at Ralph Lauren, Australia, and I sit uh, in the people and development team, and I'm talent development manager and also communications manager for Australia. Beautiful. And what, what is your career history then? Because you've had some pretty like amazing brands that you've worked for. Um, so tell us a little bit about, yeah, I guess how you got into training and learning and development roles and... Yeah, a little bit about, yeah, your current kind of uh, history. Okay, so um, I think we'll we'll go back a couple of years or like 20. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So after high school, I I actually uh, studied uh, communication, um, Bachelor of Communication majoring in journalism at the University of Canberra. Um, And, you know, whilst I was there and even after high school in Sydney, you know, I think you always either go one or two ways. You go hospitality or you go into retail. So, you know, to support uh, myself uh, whilst I was at um, uni, I actually worked for Esprit. 
So um, back then, as I'm sure it still happens now, um, you went off for a day, you went to the head office, we went to Piermont. I remember we sat in a room and we started to learn all about Esprit and the brand and the products. And, uh, and I remember sitting there thinking, hey, that actually, that looks like a really fun job. That looks like something maybe I could do. And then actually forgot about that. I then moved down to Canberra, started studying um, journalism, and I still then transferred with Esprit from Sydney, so transferred down there to the Canberra Centre and, you know, honestly worked there for the whole way through my three-year degree. Uh, it got to probably just before I graduated when I realised I'm not really that passionate about journalism not sure about this, but I'd better graduate just because I've spent all this time here. So I don't know what else I want to do. So we'll just get that one done. So graduated um, and then I ended up staying on in Canberra. I had obviously a really great circle of friends and I finished and I thought, well, what am I going to do now? So obviously whilst I was trying to work that out and I was interviewing at all these different places, you know, even in public relations, because it was a, obviously a comms degree. Um, and I started working at David Lawrence. And so I started working there full time so I could pay my rent. And, um, and then, you know, something really similar happened, you know, started to, to get taken through, like, who is David Lawrence and what do we do? And, you know, the sales and service aspects. And I was like, oh, hey, that's right. I, I really... I really thought about this job once, this is a, as a career. So then I thought, okay, well, well, I need to investigate this a bit further. So I um, investigated and found out a lot of people were doing their certificate four in obviously workplace training and assessment. And I was like, right, well, I'm going to have to go do this too. So I went and did that. And um, at that time, because it's obviously a, a qualification where you assess people so there was a lot of Bing Canberra as well a lot of government people there and you know I remember so clearly you had to train everybody on something and I trained everybody on how to fold a t-shirt using the folding board from Maya that I borrowed for the day uh, and everyone really loved it everyone really thought they were going to do great things with their wardrobe after I finished training them on how to fold the t-shirt um <laughs> So, you know, I have such fond memories. Uh, so that's actually where that started. And then from there, I was able to move into a workplace and a trainer and assessor role for a company. I mean, I don't want to go too far back. I don't think it exists now. But what was happening back then is if you put your, if uh, the government had a great apprenticeship program. So as a retail company, if you put people through, you know, um, retail operation certificate levels and then, you know, you would be able to, to I guess, uh, gather some funding for that. Yeah. Um, so there was a lot of retail companies that did that. David Jones actually was one of them. So I then worked for this company and, um, and I think I'm talking so much. Sorry. And hey, they, you're um, fine. It's good. Yeah, so I, so I, I would, um, I would go in and you know train, uh, assess people on what they've done for that week. So whether it was like observing them in sales or service, visual merchandising, yeah. um, and then from there I moved with that company back to Sydney and then took on David Jones as a full time client. Yeah. Um, and then from there, um, 
And then I got into Swarovski um, as their training manager. So I guess, guess that was like best brand number one, <laughs> uh, yes. good brand number one, uh, which was amazing. Um, you know, I still have a lot of great friends there. I still, yeah, have really great fond memories of that of that workplace as well. Sorry, where shall we go now? So that's was no, that and then. Very good background. Honestly, you've got so much to cover anyway. <laughs> but you've been at Ralph Lauren for like six and a half years, coming up seven years. Is that right? Yes. Amazing. Yes. Okay. Yes. And okay, so tell me, because on my impression of that cert and training and assessment is that it's really dry. Do you feel like, was that the same or did you think it was really good? Uh, I think you really learn the basics and the fundamentals of of that training, and and then I think, like I said, there, there was that assessment component that okay was really big back then. That you know, in the roles I have now, it doesn't really kind of lend itself to being critical. Um, yeah, but yeah, I I mean, I definitely think having that foundation is is important. Um, yeah, personally. Uh, but yeah, yeah. It's, it has been honestly a while. Um, yeah. But yes, I think, yeah, I think that foundation is good. Yeah, amazing. And like within companies, you know how like with Sarasi, you were in a training manager role, but you've been in learning and development roles. Like, do they differ at all? Or is it essentially just a, a you know, a name for learning and development as a whole? Yeah, it's funny because now I'm talent development. So I, in just within Ralph Lauren, I've gone from starting as training manager, moving to L&D manager, and now most recently moving to talent development manager. Um, I think like uh, Ralph Lauren is quite different. If I was to think back to Swarovski and the roles I've had in between, they're very training focused just a, a pure training role. Um, when I moved into the L&D space here, you know, it kind of, we got, I got a little bit more exposed to things that I'm actually now a bigger part of, such as diversity, equity and inclusion, uh, engagement, looking at our um, employee surveys, things like that were able to kind of come, fall into this learning and development bucket, which I was really happy about, um, which I mm. guess, when you're doing the same role for a retail company for such a long time, it's it, it can be, you know, we're just training on the same things over and over and over. Um, so mm. to have that that exposure and still be with fit within your people team is mm. I, I think was really great, which is where I sit now. Yeah. So ultimately, like I guess, a little if, bit yeah, more. if you're training, if you're L and D, it's the same, it's the same. Yeah. It's in the same bucket, absolutely. And what does your day-to-day look like? Because I feel like people have this perception of training and learning and development roles. So, like, what are you actually doing day-to-day? Like, and, and, like, maybe are you in the office? Are you out in stores? Like, how does it all work? Um, so, I, well, now I'm full-time in the office. Um, so, I think... Uh, and I think coming from, I guess because you, you can have a field trainer and then you can have a non-field trainer. Uh, so mm. once I went to Thrusty, it became, kind of became a more of a non-field trainer role. So mm. I would more so travel 80% of the year delivering all of the programs um, that we would want to deliver. So things like sales and service. Um, if we were doing product knowledge, we used to have a thing called new collection presentations where we'd talk about the new season for winter, spring, summer. And then we'd have all the leadership roles, uh, all the leadership modules that 
we would also um, do. So we would be trained on those throughout the year and then we'd come back and deliver them. So mm-hmm. I think that part has also moved on to Ralph. So it's, it's very similar, um, except now that I have a much, much, I guess, broader range of, I don't know, things that come under my umbrella. So I guess day to day, what does that look like? Uh, we work on, I'm just trying to think like, well, what am I doing right now? I'm <laughs> I'm working on our, um, we just had our employee engagement survey, which we do annually. Um, yep. So I look at that report and then I need to be able to kind of translate that into you know, like terms that we can all understand. So, you know, looking at what does engagement mean, what does enablement mean, and then, you know, what are those employee traits that I can really pull from that report so that we're not just saying, okay, well, these are the questions that made up that engagement and that's your score and it's down or up on last year. You know, we're able, I'm able to just go a little bit further and say, okay, well, if we're scoring high in this, then I would say our, you know, employees are motivated and if we're scoring high in that, then I would say our employees are, um, you know, enabled or what, whatever yeah. it may be, you know, they might feel connected because they've got great scores on, you know, where they, did they feel that they connect well with their team or immediate manager? So that's something that's happening, I guess, right now. We also at, um, at Ralph Lauren are really philanthropic. We do so much with our community. Um, we're always looking at different occurrences throughout the year. So, um, you know, in terms of, we just, uh, celebrated Pride Month in June and then, July is our diversity and inclusion month so you know we do lots of fun activities for those so I'm also Mm. in charge of that engagement piece with all of our retail stores Um, so you know we just actually held um, a competition uh, where you could submit your pride recipe or your cultural heritage dish and if it made it onto a werebears bistro menu then you received your uh prize uh so we got some great uh dishes submitted we had the winners were some rainbow bagels uh a vietnamese seven color dessert so it was yeah it was pretty um good uh good response That's so, so cute. Really like a really fun yeah yes you'd really like i'll send i'll send you after we do obviously polo has a lot of um you know we've got polo bear um yeah so we have this side uh, did this uh, count how many bears there are it's it's quite a gorgeous little thing so the first person in the stores to tell me the correct amount of bears in the forest polo bears you can win a prize it's quite cute I, i'm That's not doing so it justice cute. it's actually really yeah. adorable <laughs> I love that. And like how much of what you do is about like sort of future proofing as well, like looking at um, retaining people in the business, moving them through the ranks, like, you know, that sort of like building future leaders. Yeah, so I think that would be more, I'm sorry, I'll go back because I probably didn't talk about what my day-to-day job, Yeah, I feel like I haven't like kind of touched on training. (laughs) Uh, But like we also... um, you know, look after, like, we have an onboarding book and then, you know, we're able to, like, update that every year and then we have checklists for employees. Um, A lot of it, obviously, you have to collaborate with so many different other departments. So here in Australia at Ralph Lauren, you know, we look at um, the merchandise team, so the allocators and the the planners, and, and they hold a lot of responsibility for that product knowledge training. And then it's more like that training side, I come in and look at how can we easily convey that to, you know, to our team, and then how can we, how can they easily talk about that with the consumer? So looking at that whole end-to-end piece. Um, 
And then what was your question then? Well, like, I I guess, you know, when we think of training and learning and development, like you touched on, like, some of that onboarding and the day-to-day engagement, is there much focus on sort of that future leadership development? Uh, Yes, and I think that's back to that collaboration piece. Um, Mm. Obviously, with our HR business partner, you know, we look, um, she would probably look more closely and and have those discussions. But for me, where I come into that piece is, you know, looking at that appraisal. So having a look at the whole performance management cycle at Ralph Lauren, what does that look like? Are we having those Mm. coaching moments? Are we talking every couple of months? Have we submitted Mm. our goals? You know, what's our development plan look like? So I look after all of that, rolling that out to corporate and retail you know, on what what their part is so that we can record it. And then, you know, from there, the discussions can happen down the track in terms of with HR and mm. the state managers. And, yeah, so my piece for that is really, I guess, that leadership training and then um, and then doing that, that performance management, mm. you know, appraisal mm. development plan. Mm. Okay, amazing. And what's the biggest misconception about training roles? Like, what are the parts that people are not as aware of? Because I feel like learning and development and training roles sit in the same pocket as, like, fashion designers and buyers, you know, like, they're the role that, like, everyone says they want to do. So what is, like, the biggest misconceptions about that role? I think, like, when, and I've, I mean, I've obviously heard it for the last, you know, 15 years, yes, like, oh, I want to do what you do. And I think that probably the biggest misconception is that you can develop all the tools in the world. Yeah. It doesn't mean that they get used. Yeah. And, you know, we're not, I, I just can't keep, you know, it was, um, it was my manager, uh, actually, it's Rofsky that taught me that, that said, you know, we don't want to just keep creating and creating and creating. We need to make sure that what we've got is relevant, it's being used, it's useful, you know, it's user-friendly and, you know, because I think a lot of the times people in, you know, in the stores are like, we want to do this and this would make our life easier and that would make our life easier and it's like, that's great. Give us the feedback, but then some things will need to go because we can't just keep adding and adding and having all of these training materials and checklists and product information and all of this out there that then nobody actually has any idea about. Yeah, Um, true. So I guess that, yeah. (laughs) Does that answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. I can know it does. I can see that definitely (laughs) that the more you add in, it would just be like adding it on top and then people are like, oh, whatever. So, okay, how have L&D functions changed over the years? You know, because obviously we're in this uh, really, you know, I suppose post-COVID or post-lockdown era of fashion and retail where the industry is sort of demanding that a bit more work-life balance is introduced to that industry as much as it can be because obviously it's, limited within retail Um, and I suppose critical to those initiatives is going to be learning and development right so I suppose thinking about you know 10 years ago at Swarovski or when it was that you were there like I would say that that time was quite a client or company driven time you know where 
post-recession there you know there was lots of engagement it wasn't hard to hire and it was a little bit more probably terms were set on an employer's kind of you know it was what they said kind of went you know mm. no you do Tuesday to Saturday and weekends off were absolutely unheard of and uh you know people were pretty yeah. happy to stay and climb the ladder whereas I suppose now we are in this opposite situation right where it's so hard to retain people and not many people are conscious of the costs to a business of hiring someone, onboarding them, and then losing them within that first six months. Mm. So, yeah, like how has it changed over the years? Like, and I suppose, yeah, your perspective of why it's so critical to have that function, like set up in a business. Mm. Yeah, I think it's definitely changed. Um, you know, if I think back to that 80% of my my days at Swarovski, was, my year was travelling, um, you know, we'd just roll out one program and then come back, roll out a new program, come back all around Australia, come back all around Australia and New Zealand, come back. Um, whereas now, I think in that post-COVID, yes, I mean, I actually hear more stories because I'm not actually in the, obviously, the HR part that I'm, I'm hearing even on the news. I'm hearing, you know, that it's very difficult to find people. It's the candidate's market now. You know, they're the ones that hold the power. You know, I hear from my husband too at his job that, you know, they don't offer work from home. So the recruiter said to him, oh, instantly, you know, you've, you've lost half the people I could have been recommended. So, you know, I'm, I'm hearing it's like it is so different. And I think... Back then, for me in, in that training role, yeah, I guess you are, you know, you're hands-on, you're there, you're training all day, you're face-to-face. I think what's obviously evolved is in everything else is that we have more of this e-learning, we have more of this workday learning. And I think in COVID, you know, that became what we did. You know, we did everything. We rolled out mental health modules for the staff. We, you know, we had like monthly catch up, weekly catch-ups in the Melbourne lockdown. You know, we had other monthly catch-ups for other states. And, you know, but now it's funny when I talk to the state managers, they're saying, no, we don't want that anymore. We want people. Like, we want you to come here. We want them to come here. We want them to come here, you know, because like their team in Adelaide and Perth, they've been starved of anyone visiting and that whole face-to-face. So I feel like that element is still extremely critical for any learning and development training role. I think how we now look at combining both the e-learning and the, you know, um, and and Zoom and face-to-face and then, you know, trying to make all of those, all of those work because, as you said, like it is still extremely important that, you know, we have this this learning piece for mm. the employee when they start and, and come through mm. and, and learn about and who we are and what we do and what we sell and what does that look like. Because mm. it has such an impact, that doesn't it? Because it does and it has such an impact because you think about like I know so many people still to this day who will start in new roles and their first day is like, I won't say horrendous, but I'll say very, like, just like completely blind, you know, um, or, you know, it gets to the day before and it's like, oh my gosh, yeah, we've got a new starter tomorrow. We don't have their equipment. We don't have their email address and, you know, things like that. And it, it like, it really has an impact. Like that first day, that first week, that first month has such an impact yeah. on whether someone stays in their role, right? Like, so I'm sure. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think, again, that 
is so like you're depending always on so many other people. You know, I look at from it from a corporate side because I now also more so do that that corporate L and D. And I think, you know, I, that I can come in and talk about the brand and who we are and our strategy and, and what's happening overseas. And, you know, but if somebody still gets there without a laptop or somebody still gets there without a, an email, it's, it doesn't matter what I do because mm. that whole, you know, what that word I'm looking for, that whole um, experience, you know, first impression. Yeah. Experience is, is kind of tainted. So I think yeah. it's about people coming together and just like reviewing that all the time. Like, what did we do mm. well? What happened there? Why didn't it turn out? What's going on? What did they mm. like? What didn't they like? Mm. Like, you know, maybe that's what probably needs to happen a lot more. Mm. Absolutely. Don't maybe don't put that in. I don't know. <laughs> Am I answering your questions? Okay. There you are. You're doing a great job. You should just relax. Um Okay, and then tell me, because I, you know, obviously we worked together for a little bit, I mean, back in the day, and, you know, I love, you've got such a, like, from my perspective, you've got, like, such a great personality for training, like, you've got such a nice calmness and patience to you, but you're still, like, really personable and quite funny as well. I just think that that kind of blend of <laughs> attributes, like, you're getting so embarrassed, it's so cute. But, like, what do you think? Like, do you think there's a certain kind of personality type that works well in L&D roles? Yeah. It's funny you say that. I do. I do think you need to be a little bit out there. I think you need to be not at all precious because, you know, there's a lot of times over the 15 years where, you know, someone will come up with a better way of doing things or a really great idea that would, you know, come to your, um, sorry, let me just turn that on silent. I think over the 15 years, someone will come up with a really great, you know, addition to what you're doing and, and you need to be able to, to say, hey, that's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. I'll take that. You know, like you yeah. can't, I don't think it's a, it's a, yeah, so it's what I mean. I think you've just got to be really open to ideas and not being precious. I think you mm. need to be out there. I think, you know, because if I think about all the times, like, and, you know, if we think about those less glamorous parts of, of the role, it's, you know, you're standing on your feet for eight hours a day. You're always on. You're thinking of the next thing that you're saying when someone's asking a question. You know, you're mm. trying to answer that question and then you're trying to think what's on my slide next and what's my example there and, you know, my, mm. my feet are sore. Like, you know, and then, yeah. and then at the lunch break, everybody wants to talk to you. And I want to talk to everyone too. But, you know, you're, so you're really on. You're on at morning tea. You're on at lunch. You're on at afternoon tea. Like, you know, people are asking you, like, how do you do this? What do, when did you get into this? I really like what you do. Or, you know, I've thought about this. This is an example I'll share. And you're like, oh, I want to remember that. I want to share it with the class. Or, you know, so there's so many, you know, I think there's definitely those less glamorous, the, the sore feet at the end. But I also think, you know, that uh, I guess the personality or attributes do need to be, yeah, you just, you're out there, you're chatty, you know, you're always on because at the end of the yeah. day too, you're representing that brand. So, yeah. you know, even though you might be tired or something is happening, I, I think it's like everything, it's like when you're on the shop floor as well, you know, everyone's got bad days, everyone has personal issues. Um, but when that consumer comes in, they just want to see, you know, Ralph Lauren, they want to see Swarovski, they want to see whatever brand it is that you're representing. 
So I yeah. think, you know, that you've just got to have your face on, you know, which is, which I think is something to be really proud of as well. Yes. Like I think. It's, but it's really yeah, tiring. It's a, Absolutely. It's very intense, isn't it? Mm. Like, you know, I remember a few of the, mm. even, you know, if you do uh, assessment centers for recruitment or whatever it is, I, it's, yeah, speaking to a group of people and directing the conversation all day. Uh, yeah, it's, it's tiring, isn't mm. it? For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, and what about who or what role, like who in your career today or what role has had the biggest impact on, on your profession or on your, you know, career to date? I do, I do, but I probably am leaning towards like the biggest impact on, on me or my career or where I'm going. I would definitely say the doors that Ralph Lauren has opened up, you know, just being able to, you know, I, I just took on being the diversity and inclusion, you know, champion. That that was many years ago. And then I was exposed to having these calls, you know, with the, with America and then all of the people that looked after diversity now, diversity, equity and inclusion um, all around the world. And, you know, there was um, actually his name, my guest, Stuart Jackson. He's no longer with mm -hmm. the company. And he really kind of opened my eyes to things that we could things that we could do and things that I had, you know, I could offer. And, and, you know, if I had this idea, it's like, do it, just do it. You know, yeah. it was like just really liberating to have someone to be like, amazing. Yep. Roll it out. Do it. Oh, that's great. That's great feedback we've had here. Do it. Like, you know, so yeah. I think, uh, and I mean, there are definitely other people that are no longer here. And I would also have to call out my manager now because she's also very open to giving me, you know, I have all these ideas and she's like, yes, yes, you know, like word it like this or, you know, this is how we can do mm -hmm. it here. And so I think, you know, having that freedom to be able mm -hmm. to to execute what you like and, you know, not just have it be your role is not like my role has evolved so much from sales and service and, and product knowledge and leadership training to be, you know, how can we educate our staff on psychological safety and what does that mean? You know, having a voice and not being afraid to use it. You know, we want mm. your ideas. That's how innovation evolves. You know, like we want, we want all of that. And behind that sits this, this term called psychological safety. And what does that mean? So, you know, being able to hold these conversations and train our people on so much more than sales and service is mm. just really exciting, you know. So cool. So and that really, you know, comes from, yeah, it's really interesting. Um, yeah, so I don't know if that's a person or more a No, I love that. Um, but, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, things like yeah. just that bit of a step further than, yeah, you know, the, the sales and service piece, greet the customer. Yeah. <laughs> Find yeah, out why like, they're what there. <laughs> what advice do you have then? Like, you know, you've had a pretty amazing career. I know you, you know, you just think it's just your career. <laughs> but I think like, you know, people from the outside would look at your career and be like, wow, like it's really amazing. Like what, like just general professional advice do you have to people that are listening? Maybe they're starting out in their career, like, or like what kind of values have you held yourself to in order to be, you know, recognized for promotions and, you know, be able to move from, you know, Sorosky through to, to Ralph Lauren? Like, what is it that you think you've done really well? I definitely think um, that's a hard question because I'm not really like one person to give myself like I know <laughs> yeah that's what you said, I don't know um 
I definitely think you have to be when we we just spoke about like that whole representing the brand. You know, yeah. I think you've got to be, you've got to dress the part, you've got to wear the jewellery, you've got to, you know, mm. wear the clothes and you've got to love them because I think that shines through. Um, mm. You know, I think that's, that's a big part of like, you know, you've got to have that passion for the brand, for what you mm. do for that brand as well. Um, what else? Advice, professional advice. I think like, you know, find what really excites you and even just talking about that that whole DEI piece and that psychological safety and I get so excited because I'm I believe in it so much and I think you know that's really shone through you know from going just from being that diversity you know an inclusion champion you know to mm. now you know I sit on these on, on these calls and I have my colleagues all over like all over the world and you know I like almost have a dotted line to them in, in reporting wise, you know, mm. so that, you know, we can come up with new ideas and we can see what we're doing around, around APAC and, and in North America. And like, I think, where am I going with that? I think find something that you're passionate about and then speak up, you know, like mm. I spoke up and said, Hey, I'm really interested in this. This really excites me. I think we could do so much more. Can I take this on full time? You know, and, and also something that didn't, when I started at, at Ralph Lauren, I was just purely the training manager, then it became L&D. But I also now look after, as I think I said in the beginning, that communication piece, which is also yeah. kind of, I guess, easy way or easier saying it's engagement activity. Mm. So, you know, that is something that wasn't in my JD. And then now, because I said like, hey, I, I'd love to organize, you know, every October we do a pink pony event, you know, like I'd love to see how we celebrate Pride and Diversity Month and we have a give back program and I'd love to organize how we can volunteer and what we can do. Like, you know, so I think taking on all of that extra work then led me to having that. Now that's part of my job. So, mm. you know, just being able to, have been able to say like hey this excites me this I'm passionate about it what can we do can we look at this permanently or I'm still happy to help out but hey I'd love to own it you know because it's yeah. different obviously in, in helping out slash owning so yeah I think I don't know I guess my advice is do what do what you love you've got to do right yeah. what makes you happy yeah what absolutely makes you sleep at night I don't know what, yeah. I don't know no, what you're makes good. you yeah, like get out of bed in the morning. Get out of bed in the morning, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. What's your purpose, yeah. right? If we all knew that though. I haven't quite figured out my purpose in life, but <laughs> <laughs> it's a big question. Right. No, I think you're right. amazing at what you Two do. Little gentlemen. You just tuned in to another episode of Beyond the Shop Floor podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope that you got some great insight from today's podcast. Of course, I do work as a private career coach, a career strategist, and a recruitment expert to the fashion industry. But of course, anyone outside of that industry is welcome to join us as well. If you would like to connect with me personally about being a guest on Beyond the Shop Floor podcast or you would like to work with me in some capacity, you can email me at ange at thetalentmill.com.au and that's ange with an E or you can hang out with me on any of the social media platforms. Of course, we love a good little LinkedIn hang um, or you can find me on Instagram at thetalentmill.com. AU or be on the shop floor podcast. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next time.